Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back to my podcast. And the last couple of times I've talked about the power of agreement. And so today I'm going to talk about blessing. And I feel like maybe this is a good follow-up to the other two. So what is a definition of to bless? It means to confer or invoke divine favor upon, to ask God to look favorably on, to endow someone with a particularly cherished thing or attribute. So it means I'm invoking good on someone. I'm calling forth the action of God. I'm asking God to perform some goodness on their behalf. And it's a creative act that I'm, I am calling forth because to be blessed by God is to be favored by him. And he's the source of all blessing anyway. Uh, so I'm saying, I desire good for you. I desire for you to experience the goodness of God. And when God blesses someone, it's very effective. He performs what he promises. It's a wonderfully creative act. Dallas Willard said this of blessing. It's a generous outpouring of our whole being into blessing the other. I, I like that. It's a generous outpouring of my heart, my whole being toward another. So we put thought into it. It's personal and uh, it's not just, you know, a verbal performance. We're releasing, we're creating something new. So we see blessing early in the Bible. In Genesis 12, God spoke to Abraham and said, I will bless you. That must have been, that must have been something for Abraham to hear that from God. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. We, we are blessed to bless others, but what a promise of God and how we can see now centuries later how that has come true in full force. So blessing is like fresh running water. God pours it out on us. We drink deeply and we pour it out on others. And um, we see Abraham receiving this blessing from God, Isaac receiving from Abraham, and then Isaac turning and blessing his sons, or his son Jacob, who really stole Esau's blessing. And then in Genesis 49, Jacob, who is near death, blessing each of his 12 sons with very specific prophetic blessings. Hebrews eleven twenty one says, by faith, Jacob, who was renamed Israel, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshiped as he leaned on the top of his staff. So we see him not only uh, blessing his sons, but in Genesis 48, He's blessing his grandsons, Manasseh and Ephraim, and he says, may God increase you greatly. So we see generation to generation to generation. It's God's wonderful desire, his great and generous heart to bless us, and we should earnestly desire that too. Jacob did. When he had an encounter and he wrestled uh, with the Lord or with an angel of the Lord all night, 
uh, at, he said, let me go. And Jacob said, no, I, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And he did. He blessed him. And the blessing was he changed his name from Jacob, which meant liar and supplanter, to Israel. Um, in Deuteronomy 10.8, God even set apart a whole tribe, the tribe of Levite, the, the tribe of the Levites. They carried the ark. They ministered to the Lord. They performed sacrifices and they pronounced blessings in his name. Did you know that? In fact, in number six, we have one of the priestly blessings that we're uh, wonderfully familiar with. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. That was in the revised version. So God's blessing toward us is constantly bringing good, which he does because he's good. And the Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord keeping us means we're in the palm of his hand. He is protecting us. We're kept safe by the blood of Jesus over us. And wow, the Lord causing his face to shine upon us. Dallas Willard said of this, one of the most precious things we can have is living before the shining face of God. Just let that sink in a minute and think about that. That's his glory. That's his glory. Just imagine Someone who deeply, deeply loves you and suddenly they turn the full force of their countenance on you, the depth of the love in their eyes and they catch your gaze and their face is just radiant with love and acceptance. And when we receive that from the Lord, we're filled with his radiance and glory. We are truly blessed and that's what he wants for us. And then it goes on to say, and the Lord be gracious to you. His love is coming over us. His grace performs what we can never do. His action toward us, creating good in our lives. That's his graciousness. May the Lord lift up his countenance. That lifting up means literally he turns and looks right at you personally. Uh, that's his expression, full towards you. That's his real that's his real presence, his shining face toward us, us knowing I am being seen, I'm being known, I'm being kept, I'm being chosen and blessed, and his peace is ours. That's the last thing that blessing says about his peace. So we can receive this for ourselves, and we should receive it, and not, and not ignore it, not fail to take in what God has for us, and then in turn we give it to others. And so what we're really asking for is an atmosphere of God's presence to be with us and then to be on and with the person we're blessing. We're invoking his presence uh, and we can do this because we're living in his presence. Um, you know, we can use a lot of other phrases, but it's hard to improve on scripture on what God has said. So what 
draws his blessing? Well, obedience and trust. Deuteronomy 28 1 says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, the Lord will set you high above all the nations of the earth and all these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord. So there's some conditions for his blessings. Jeremiah 17, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the tree stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. That sounds like continual blessing. Um, Psalm 128.1, blessed are all who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. You'll eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your life will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. So I was reading a new Max Lucado book in the footsteps of the Savior, and he comments on Deuteronomy 27, where Mo Moses had told Joshua to bring everyone into the Valley of Shechem, which is about 20 miles from where they were camped at Gilgal, and they were to bring the ark and they were to read the blessings and the curses. So this happens in uh, Joshua 8. So when they get there, Joshua builds an altar, they offer the sacrifices, and, uh, and then he wrote on the stone a copy of the Law of Moses. So the Valley of Shechem sits between two mountains, Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal. And uh, it, there's kind of a natural limestone amphitheater there. So it's wonderful acoustics that can be heard across the valley. So half the people, six tribes on each side are on one mountain and half on the other. And the leaders and officers and judges uh, and the Levites stand in the center with the ark to bless the people. And Joshua and the Levites read the blessing. And it says, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had given command at first to bless the people. So when the blessings were read, the, the six tribes on Mount Gerizim would shout, Amen. And that would echo across the valley. Can you imagine that many people? And then those on Mount Ebal would do the same. Just echoing those amens across the valley, which means, yes, let these blessings be so. Let it be so. Uh, let us be overtaken in the country and in the city. Uh, let our children and our herds be blessed. Uh, when the enemy rises up against us, let the Lord take them down. And they knew their obedience would cause rich blessings to be released. They also knew their disobedience would cause these curses to, to be released. So God wants us to be blessed and he wants us to be blessing others continually. Can I say much more than we do? Uh, we don't withhold from others. We don't need to judge them. We don't need to wait for them to please us. If our heart is full, of the blessing of the Lord, why not give it away? 
Uh, Jesus promised our inner being would flow with rivers of living water and our words have incredible power to do good as we release blessings. One of the things I learned about forgiveness is it's not just enough to say, I forgive. We need to step further and say, and I bless. Dallas Willard said, blessing is the projection of good into the life of another. It isn't just words. It's the actual putting forth of your will for the good of another. And it always involves the Lord because he's the one who can bring that about. What we receive, we can give. And our churches, our homes, our families, our workplaces ought to be places of blessing. I hope maybe this is just a little bit of a reframe for you today as you think about that, because we can start experimenting with that. We can start experimenting with uh, being a person of blessing. Uh, and we, we most look like him when we do that, when we're loving others. One, one dimension of loving others well is blessing them. And then also we need to receive. Sometimes it can be hard for us to receive a blessing, but we don't have to give a blessing in return right at that moment. Sometimes that diminishes what they've just given us. So we need to pause and take that in. Um, and you know, we're told in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 4 and 1 Peter 3, that when someone harms us or curses us, we don't return it with a curse. We return it with a blessing. We bless those who curse us. Uh, Peter says, repay evil with blessing because to this you were called that you may inherit a blessing. Wait, what? We just inherited a curse. No, God can so turn that around as we forgive and trust him that we actually receive a blessing instead of the curse. So God's intent is always to do good for us. Then what did the Apostle Paul say about blessing. I'll just read a few. Ephesians 1, 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. We can live in that. We can. Romans 15. When I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. That's something to think about. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having everything you need, you'll abound in every good work. Paul so understood the power of blessing that in almost every letter he wrote, he ended with some sort of blessing. For example, he ended 2 Corinthians 13. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So may we have eyes to see and a heart to know where God is just giving us blessing after blessing after blessing. So I want to close by blessing you. Uh, I, I wrote a few things down. May your trials become blessings as you persevere. May God increase your family's peace and unity and love. May your children become mighty. May he bring fullness to your giftings. May he give you abundant provisions and stretch your boundaries. May he let you know his continual presence in wonderful ways. May he pour out his abiding joy over you. May he impart great peace to you as you cast your care on him. May he cause you to thrive in your work and your relationships. 
May he grant you wisdom, understanding, discernment, good counsel. May he increase your provision so that you can bless others. May he cause you to inherit the land. May you be blessed going out and coming in, in the country and in the city, in everything you put your hand to. May you be kept in his safety and strength. May healing be yours, body, mind, emotions. May he bless your eyes to see and your heart to know the things of the Lord. And may he bless you with his intimate friendship and presence. The blessing of the Lord be yours today. Thank you for joining me and listening. I'll see you next time.